Hi, I'm Frances Liliana, and this is The Dallas Type, an interview series where we celebrate the different personalities you'll find in the Dallas creative community. And it's also an attempt to see if there's anything that we might identify as a unifying element between all the creatives I've asked to participate. So, in regards to creatives here in North Texas, is there a Dallas type? Today's chat is brought to you by the letter L. Hello. Hello. Hey, wow, that's much better. (laughs) Everything looks pretty exciting, so I'm excited to have uh, been able to corner you into 40 minutes with me today. (laughs) (laughs) I read some of your questions, but I kind of stopped because I was like, no, I don't want to read these. I don't want to know what I'm going to be asked. I'd rather just fly by the seat of my pants. That's what I like about you. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting more and more that way. It's it's pretty crazy. Life is fun, let me tell you. Man, during the tornado the other day, I was like, man, if it takes me, like I really don't have to deal with like insurance or anything. No, no, it just knocked me dead, dude. I just hung out on my couch as close to the window as possible. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. I was just like on, on the internet and on my couch and the, the blinds were down. So I was like, if it casts the glass, it casts the glass. But it never, it never, you know, nothing would hit, hits around White Rock Lake. Yeah, we were, we were in the bathroom with the dogs. And, <laughs> but um, we have a, a farm tub, like a big green uh, tub that like you would feed your cows water in. And we nice. put that in our shower stall and we fill it with water. That's how we take a bath. So we're all crammed in the bathroom. Two dogs, me and Kim, and this bathtub full of like 12-hour-old water. And finally I was just like, God, it stinks in here. It's got like dogs and old water and girls sweat. And finally Kim was like, fuck it. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> just like, I don't care if I die. I can't. I can't. I'm gonna die of this BO smell if I have to be in here any longer. So no, that's not how you want to be taken. <laughs> It's not, no, it's not enough. You gotta go more badass way than that. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, we'll let's get started so that, um, okay. you can get, get to your stuff. Okay. Thank you for, uh, taking part in the Dallas type. What is your full name, your position, and your company? My full name is Lillian Carolina Smith Kirkley. My position is head poncho, and my company is Lil Crew Design and Letterpress Studio. If you had a superpower or alter ego, what would it be? Hmm. Either invisibility or the ability to fly. Cool. It's an interesting question because it helped define kind of personality a little bit later on in the game. I found that yeah. with, with Virgil's, it, it fit quite a bit, and there's a, a couple of other people that it was like, oh, it makes sense. Mm. What is your day job, and how would you describe it? <laughs> well, that's gotten more interesting. I mean, when you work at a studio for somebody else, it's easy because that's what they're, what's on your business card. It's, it's what you signed up for. But when you run your own place, I feel like um, it changes every day. So, I mean, my day job is I'm a graphic designer and a letterpress printer. But sometimes I'm a courier and sometimes I'm a bookkeeper. Sometimes I'm a janitor or a FedEx package signer outer. Or I'm a packaging expert because I have to pack up things that I sell online. So I, I wear a lot of hats. And I think, I think that's good for me because I get bored. And if I had to do the same thing every day, I would resent that. Right. And and how long have you been doing this particular job? And then just kind of how long have you been in the career as a, oh, as a whole? Right. Okay. Um, I started Wilco full-time like 
full on no other safety net uh, May 2013. But um, I have been working as a graphic designer since um, 2003. And so from 2003 to 2013, I was junior designer, senior designer, art director. You know, I kind of wore all those different hats. And mostly a print designer, you know, doing logos and brochures and photo shoots and ad campaigns and all that. And um, now that I'm off on my own... My clientele is really diverse, and it's a lot smaller than some of the bigger companies that my other employers had connections with, so it's totally different, but it's really fun. So what got you into the fun part, you know? (laughs) What got me into it? Hmm. Well, I mean, I think I like to talk to people and connect to people and figure out what I can do to help them. That's what I think is my favorite part about design. And when I worked for somebody else, that information was always being filtered through a boss or an AE or, you know, somebody else. And as a designer, you know, sometimes I was left in the office to work on my work, and I didn't get to be part of those sort of conversations. Um, It took me a long time to figure that out, that I wanted to be in on that talk. And so... I don't think I really knew that that's what I wanted when I left my last agency job, but it's become clear to me now that that's kind of what I was seeking, mm-hmm. sort of the control. Not Control sounds like negative, but I just wanted to be in from the very beginning. So I just quit my job. I mean, I did happen to win a contest. I did win $10,000. I did win a car. And, yes, all those things helped me officially cut the ties. But, you know, let's be honest, $10,000 is not enough to go off on your own. It was just time. I just had to do it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's kind of, you know, related to related to the whole invisibility superpower, kind of like wanting to be part of the conversations or like why why invisibility? Oh, why do I want the invisibility? Oh, because I'm not really a performer and I prefer to watch. So, like, if I'm at a, I don't know, like, I don't want to be in the theater production that I want to, like, watch from the sidelines. So I think it'd be really fun to be invisible and, um, yeah, I get to hear people talk and bear witness to things that if I were visible, I wouldn't otherwise get to see. That sounds fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mean that in, like, a cheesy way. No, I mean, you... you (laughs) (laughs) The kids who, like, I don't know, like, but I was watching something on Facebook. Somebody put, like, a dance clip of some badass, like, hip-hop dancers. And and as you watch the clip, they even, like, changed out the dancers. And there were some, like, little kids doing it. And I was like, that is so cool. I could never do that. But I want to watch that. That's amazing. So, yeah, that's what I meant. (laughs) So what was your least favorite part of the job now? Oh, hmm. I mean, estimating is hard. It's a crucial part of the job. And now that there is no boss man to do it for me, you know, I have to wear that hat. And, you know, because I do letterpress, it's not just, okay, a logo is, you know, five many, you know, however many dollars or whatever. Um, you know, there's paper, there's printing plates, there's ink, there's the amount of time that you estimate you'll be on press. So writing an estimate is a lot more involved. Mm-hmm. And um, it takes a lot of time. And, you know, now that I'm kind of on the other side of the table, because whereas before I was the designer specking printing and asking for a bazillion options. You know, I went on five different paper stocks and I want five different quantity breakdowns. I mean, when I get those emails, I kind of want to delete them. I mean, I I need the work, so 
I'm not going to. But that's so many variations that people are asking for, and each one requires a lot of time and effort to calculate everything. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of math. Do you like math? I like algebra. I was really good at algebra in high school. Uh, geometry, no, that's <laughs> so. It, okay, so you've got a small company. Um, mm-hmm. Have you gotten to the point in in success where you would be hiring anybody on to teach or to kind of <sighs> apprentice, get an apprentice or anything like that, or you really like wearing all the hats? Currently, it's just me, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I have had in the last six months definite moments where I've been like, oh my god, anybody would work. I just need a body. I need a human in here to help me, you know, juggle all this stuff. Because, you know, I can have a logo project and a print piece and a print and, and, and multiple letterpress projects all going on at the same time. And if I'm, you know, running the press but the UPS guy's here, then I have to stop and go out and sign for packages or he drives off. And so, yeah, I've had some moments where I'm like, oh my God, I need help. But I don't know that I could afford anybody. And I know that people say, oh, well, you can get somebody for free. But affording isn't always just a monetary deal. I mean, it takes time to train someone and teach them. And I wouldn't want to waste anybody's time. And it's very taxing. Yeah. I look back on the internships that I had, and they were so wonderful. But the amount of time that they poured into me, oh, my gosh, they were so generous. I... I don't know how they had the patience. So, speaking of, um, <laughs> who would your who would your hero or mentor be? Um, and if you have a handful, that's that's great too. Is there you know is there somebody that really stands out as as your mentor or your guide, um, or somebody you turn to whenever you know you've got a question or you yeah know, when, yeah. You know, my, my first intern, well, my, my only internship was at Spur in Baltimore, Maryland with the illustrators David Plunkert and Joyce Hesselberth. And I interned there for three summers in a row. Um, my parents wouldn't pay for my apartment in the summertime, so I had to have a job to pay for it. So I, I hassled Dave and Joyce into giving me a job, and then I was fortunate enough to get to go back every year. Um, I look back on that opportunity now, and it was so amazing. Um, They're illustrators. They're graphic designers. They're self-employed. They have kids. They own a building. They're kind of doing all the stuff that I am coming to on my own now, but I never knew that that's what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, And they did it gracefully. They still do it gracefully. And they taught me. And it was a joy to go there every day. And, I mean, in the beginning, I, like, picked weeds out of the front garden bed. <laughs> and I was the lunch picker-upper and the coffee maker and the CD changer and the paper filler-upper and the laser machine. I did not get to do design work right off the bat. Um, but by the end of my three summers in a row, I was doing design work for them. Um, second to them, I'd say that um, my first art director, Laura Howell, is a huge influence. I think I went to Maryland Institute College of Art and it was sort of a conceptual school and not really a practical school. So when it comes to like setting up a file to print or knowing how to read proofers mark or dealing with a batshit crazy client who's 
you know, putting you to the ringer. They didn't really prepare you for that. They taught you how to think and how to have ideas and concepts, but how to set up a multi-page print file was not on our curriculum. Mm -hmm. So my first job in New York City was at St. Seymour, and Laura Howell was my art director, and she's amazing. I learned so much on the fly from her. I learned more from her than I think I did in college, quite honestly. And we're still friends. Like, the minute I quit that job, she gave me a big hug and said, oh, God, now we can be friends. We can go drinking. <laughs> what would you... <laughs> What would you say that they would, you know, these these people that have worked with you and guided you before, the ones you mentioned in particular, what would you say they would describe as your biggest strength? I don't know. It's been a long time since the, I worked with any of those people. I mean, I worked with them when I was a baby, practically. Mm-hmm. Now I'm an old musician. <laughs> um, probably that I'm tenacious, probably. I don't give up easily. Yeah, well, I mean, you've mentioned, um, you know, with each description of the job that you did, you you mentioned the number of hats you were able to wear, you know, from, you know, picking weeds to, you know, <laughs> um, you know yeah. being the, a courier. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, hey, I'm, I mean, I'm still a courier today. Let's, let's be real about this. Is there anything particular about your personality that, that you can self-identify as to, why, you know, not only are you a creative or a designer, but like why you're able to wear all of those hats? Oh, I think I'm probably just, I really want to make people happy. And if, if it takes, you know, picking up paper and, and getting it myself, or if it takes picking weeds out of the front of the studio, no job is too small. And I think that's important to know. I mean, I grew up with two parents who were entrepreneurs, and um, you do it all. So... Uh, I've always been that way. My dad used to get mad at me when I would give people rides home when I was a teenager. And he's like, no, it's your car. It's your gas. You shouldn't be giving everybody rides. And I'm like, well, they've got to go somewhere. Like, i got a car. It's no big deal. So, um, and, and I'm a control freak. So, control, invisibility, making people happy. <laughs> um, is, is all this lining up for you, Francis? <laughs> tenacity. No, not at all. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, no, it it all makes sense. So if you could do anything else, though, related, but not mm. particularly, you know, in design or printmaking, what would it be? What is that other job? Oh, I've always wanted to work in radio. I love NPR. I do. I love it. I love all the people's names. I mean, Lakshmi Singh, that's like the most beautiful name ever. I have always thought that if I didn't work as a designer, I would throw myself at the feet of National Public Radio. Is there is there anything in particular? Why would you pick radio besides the the names? Well, I've always liked to hear stories. I love for like when I'm good together with my family, for my aunts and everybody to like talk about crap and the trouble they would get into as kids. So I love a good story, and and I find that um, National Public Radio really delivers and that area mm-hmm. well we're with podcasts now i guess npr is a little limiting because now there's all kind of podcasts that come from other entities not just npr so maybe what i mean is like podcast maybe i don't know i don't really want to host a podcast though but i like um i like all the storytelling i don't know what i would do there though but i figured out you could illustrate the stories i think design the mugs for the for the membership giveaway <laughs> yes 
I'm pretty <laughs> sure they would all hop on that in a, in a minute. Um, oh, well, what about a tote bag? Because we don't have enough tote bags in the world. So one of the questions in, um, on the list is that creatives are, are often described as being risk takers. So besides, mm. you know, kind of going off on your own, what is the biggest risk you've ever taken? Um, I left New York City and I came back to Dallas. That was pretty scary. Why was that scary? Um, I think at the time I was a little closed-minded and I thought that New York was sort of the center of design and that if I wanted to be successful that I had to be there. But my mom had just died and I kind of lost the wind in my sails and New York wasn't really my jam anymore. So I came back to what I knew, which was Dallas, and I am so happy that I did. I mean, I am I am right where I want to be, and I'm right where I should be, and everything is amazing. But at the time, whether or not I, like, vocalized it, I can remember feeling like, oh, my God, where am I going to work? I mean, I didn't go to school here in Dallas or even in Texas, so I just didn't really know what agencies were here. Um, mm-hmm. I had heard names, you know, from my parents' mouths my whole childhood. But, you know, when my dad was a photographer, so I knew agencies that hired him to shoot stuff. But I didn't know if they were agencies that I would want to work at or that it would even want to employ me. And for as long as I knew, my mom had always said, you know, oh, you'll move to New York and you'll work at Pentagram. And I thought that that was my trajectory. But obviously it wasn't. So why Dallas? Oh, you mean in the end? Yeah, no, why Why did you pick Dallas? You know, there's a pentagram in Austin. Was it um, really just... Well, no, Austin was on the list. Um, my partner is a, is a professor, mm-hmm. and so finding a professor job is a lot harder than finding a graphic designer job. Mm-hmm. And um, she applied to positions both in Austin and Dallas. We actually took trips to Austin and we looked at real estate and I mean a lot of our families in Austin. It wouldn't have been bad to be in Austin. But at the time and I think now still our real estate in in, in Dallas is just you get more bang for your buck. Um mm-hmm. and she got the job in Dallas. So that's where we came. And my dad's here, so mm-hmm. you know, family. So what's your favorite part of living here? Mm. Well, my son's dumb, but I like how easy it is. Because living is easy so that I can do other things that are hard. Like in New York, in the end, and it it could have very well been just my state of mind, everything felt hard. Going to the grocery store was hard. Going to, you know, do your laundry was hard. Just schlepping everything that you needed for a 12-hour period on your person in the snow and the cold and the rain, or the heat for that matter, because New York is hot. I just was over it. It was too Mm -hmm. difficult. And I was working, and I wasn't making enough money, so I had the I want all the time, and I couldn't get any of it. So here, I mean, say what you will about our car culture, but we can drive to the grocery store, and I can drive to the laundromat, and it is real nice, very easy. Um, <laughs> and that kind of frees up, like, my physical state and my mental state, and so then when I want to tackle something hard, like, oh, I don't know, let's go start our own company, I don't have to worry about, like, those other menial things that can weigh you down. All that's just easy. Mm-hmm. So that may not be like the most awesome answer, but it's, I don't know, it's just mine. Do you think that that, you know, that the ability to have a foil between New York and Dallas, do you think that with how hard it was living there and then mm-hmm. coming coming here, do you think mm-hmm. that that has had any influence on the success that you've had? 
Oh, I think in the beginning, like when I first moved back, and like so Holland Beck took me over to Matchbox to meet Liz and Jeff. I think they were all like, ooh, she's from New York. And I definitely rode that wave for a while. You know, as long as you can, whatever. It opened doors, but I'm trying to think, how else has it helped me? That was what you asked. Has it made you, has it made you appreciate, I mean, you obviously do appreciate it, but I mean, do you think that it's kind of that extra fuel? You know, there's people here in Dallas that are are working hard and I think that they would think life is hard here. I mean, do you think that just kind of that weight that you had to carry up there made you kind of able, it's going to sound so cheesy, it's almost like swimmer trains and they don't shave their legs the entire time. Do you think that that like kind of helps? Do I know the analogy I was going to give it? Is that like a basketball player, like, trains with a heavier ball? And then when they're out in the game, the ball's, like, really lightweight, and they can just, like, wail it all the way down the court. Yeah. That's the same thing, right? Yeah. Same, same, same. Um, yeah, maybe. But, I mean, at this point, that was, like, over 10 years ago. I don't know. I'm not good at math. But, um, but yeah, I mean, New York is cutthroat, dude. It's brutal. There is something to be said for being, uh, how's it go, a small fish in a big pond. Like, New York is, like, so crowded with creative. And, I mean, everyone's better. And it's really hard to get noticed. And Dallas is a smaller pond. I mean, not to bust Dallas's bubble, and I'm not speaking bad about Dallas, but it is. Mm-hmm. So if you're good, I mean, you're going to you're gonna um, hopefully stand out a little bit easier here. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, I mean, what are we talking about? <laughs> Sorry. Well, this switch topic. Okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, you said living is easy, so you can do things that are hard. So mm-hmm. what, are, what are your hobbies and or obligations? Anything besides what you do for your day job, which I feel is probably going to be hard for you to, to pinpoint. Yeah, right? I feel, so, you know, right now I'm on a one-track mind, like, my partner, Jim, is really good at having other interests. Um, I'm not. Pretty much, like, 100% in it to win it. We'll go all the way. Because um, mm-hmm. I have to be. I mean, right now, like, it's just hard to make money. So, like, if I if I stop treading water, I'm going to drown. So, um, yeah, I don't really have – I mean, I want to be good at sewing. And I have aspirations to mend some clothes. But I haven't done it yet. It's on my list. I want I want to do that. I want to sit on my couch and mend the holes in my jeans with, like, multicolored thread. I think that sounds fun, but I haven't done that. I might join a gym. <laughs> that would be an outside thing. I mean, we have chickens, so now we have to take care of chickens. Um, I have two dogs. And then we, we're never... Still, Francis, we're always moving. We're always doing something. I mean, my God, we can build a chicken coop and, you know, we're not just sitting over here smoking cigarettes and putting our feet up. We're busy. How long, um, how long do you think you can sustain that, that being busy or that, you know, that's for life? Oh yeah, this is, this is it, man. I'm ruined. I could never. I don't think I could ever work for anybody else ever again. So I mean, this is this is the new normal. This is how. This is it. It's and that's why, like every day is fun. It's like every day I'm like, okay, well, um, am I designing something today, or am I carving a wood block today, or am I 
you know, going around the different press jobs that I've outsourced and checking on them. Um, it's fun. But, yeah, this, this is it. I'm, I'm, I'm toast. <laughs> Describe a project that you're really proud of. Okay. Oh, I got it. Uh, my friends Bruce and Julie Webb own the Webb Gallery down in Waxahachie. And Bruce um, wrote a book that was just published by the uh, UT Press in Austin. It's called As Above, So Below, and it's about um, American fraternal societies and the artwork that is associated with them. So um, I kind of inserted myself into their events because they were going to have a book signing. And I was like, Bruce and Julie, we need to do something really special. Let's just let me take this. Let's just, I'm going to take this off your plate, and I'm going to design some invitations for this. So I did several options, one of which was, you know, derived from the design of the book, uh, which is lovely. And then one, which was, like, just me going to town on, like, banners and fraternal symbols and hand lettering everything. And I sent them the PDFs, and I was like, okay, you know, pick one, and I'll print them. And uh, they picked the one that I did, which was really, it was very kind. You know, they could have easily gone with the one that was more like the book. Anyway, it's it's not a big project. It was, I don't know, maybe 250 invitations to color. But um, we did a fun dinner invitation because they had, like, a sit-down dinner. And um, I drew this little guy with, like, hands covering his eyes. Like, he's making some sort of fraternal, you know, secret um, gesture. Um, So, yeah, that was really fun. And it was for friends, and um, lots of friends received the invitation in the mail and, you know, that gets back to, like, me wanting to make people happy because everybody that got it, you know, really liked it and uh, made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. And, um, you know, they, they normally do postcards, which they get made, you know, mm-hmm. online, and, and they're fine. Nothing against that. But to get to do something fun for them, something that kind of elevated it, uh, I really enjoyed that. What do you think is the biggest opportunity for the field right now? It could be the design field or, you know, know, kind of know. One the one that you've you've honed in on, maybe the letterpress field. Huh. That's a big question. I don't know that I know the answer. I mean, the, my world is kind of small these days, so I don't mm-hmm. really know. And my world is so local that I, that sounds like too big, too big of an arena for me to really be capable to comment on. So maybe what is what do you think the biggest opportunity for the local community is because you kind of honed in on this kind of craft and art and the kind of the where art and craft and design meet so what do you see Mm -hmm. there that you think you know kind of you know paint a picture of of what you think tomorrow is going to look like well in dallas (laughs) (laughs) um i my tomorrow is going to look like a lot like my today i mean i don't know i don't have any ability to forecast I don't have retainer clients. I don't know who's going to walk through my door tomorrow. What I would say is that um, right now I've got this great, like, network of friends who are all professionals, and there are a lot of people who are included in that statement who are self-employed. And what I really like about what we're all doing is referring one another within our friend networks. And I, that sounds like such an antiquated concept. And when I was actually getting my hair cut yesterday, and uh, my stylist, I did her, I named her salon, and I did her logo, so she is part of what I'm describing right now. And we're, and we're sitting there, and we're talking about this, and um, 
I was like, great, I just described LinkedIn. And she's like, yeah, but I hate LinkedIn. LinkedIn sucks. And I was like, I know. I don't want to go on Facebook for business. I would just rather, like, be old school about it. And, um, you know, if I have a friend who needs a haircut, I'm just going to send her your way. And she's like, yeah, and if I have a client who needs a logo, I'm just going to send her your way. So, I mean, I guess that sounds um, old-fashioned. But it really makes me happy when I get those phone calls. Like, oh, hey, I know so-and-so. You did this for them. And I looked at your website, and I think what you do is cool, and I want to get some of that. That makes my day. That's, like, my happiest possible outcome right there. And it happens more than you'd think. Do you think that that's a particular trait that not only in kind of in this community, but specifically, do you think that that's something that comes out of Dallas? Hmm. Well, we are very friendly, aren't we? We are. Yeah, maybe. Maybe <laughs> some that is our southern hospitality. I couldn't say. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if that's a Dallas trait or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a good people trait. And Dallas likes a good people. It, it gets them um, kind of leading the witness. What's okay. your <laughs> lead, lead on? I just like so, being invisible. I want sometimes I want somebody else to lead. What's your favorite part of living here? Hmm. Have you ever been somewhere like maybe on a travel adventure and you're like, this is nice, but it doesn't feel like where I belong? Well, I felt that a lot of places have gone. I mean, I felt that in New York. I felt that in California. I felt that in Europe. Like, oh, this is lovely. I'm so glad I'm visiting. This is not where I belong. Goodbye. Um, when I'm in Dallas, I feel like I belong. And it's an inexplicable feeling. It's not because I grew up here. Um, and maybe wherever you grow up, you have that feeling. Mm-hmm. But um, I like that feeling. It's hard for me to be somewhere where I don't have that feeling. I don't feel like I can, you know, really relax into it. Mm-hmm. But I can relax into it here. Awesome. Wait, did, you, did you want me to say tacos? No. <laughs> okay, good. I mean, I love them, but... They're not why I would move somewhere. No, I mean, honestly, like, if you're not from Dallas, and but, like, why would you come here? There's not a lot of natural beauty. There's not Disneyland or the Empire State Building or the Golden Gate Bridge. You can be outdoors sometimes, but not as much as other places. But, you know, the list can go on and on. But, like, I'm here because this is where I feel right, and I can't really explain that. So, yeah. for me, I mean, and I like being here. I'm not I'm not dissing Dallas. I mean, I think <laughs> Dallas is a place where you can make money. It is a business town, and we need those. And I'm in business, so i got to be where business is. And it's the same reason my parents moved here in the 70s from Austin, because they were photographers and art reps, and Dallas is where commerce happens. You talk a lot about happiness and this kind of, you know, this visceral connection to just being here. But then mm-hmm. it's interesting that that's like commerce is also one of the answers. It's in, in, it's kind of as Dallas, you know. There's this. Oh kind yeah. Of everybody, it feels good, but you can also make a living. So I guess that also goes along with the. It's easy to do the hard stuff and also be yeah. able to kind of kick back and you know be tenacious and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. Well, um, we're into the the quick fire. So. <laughs> okay. Very quick answers. Well, I'm not good at those. We'll see. I'm not going to fail. Favorite font. Oh, crummy. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Gotham. Damn it. That's just a lame answer. <laughs> favorite word. Fuck. <laughs> that's a better answer. Uh, yeah. Favorite color. Blue, but it's a very particular blue. It's that blue color when the sun has set, but the sky is still blue, and there are dark clouds. That's a really nice answer. Um, favorite quote? 
Oh, oh God, there are so many. Hold on, I'm going to walk into Kim's studio because there's a lovely quote on a postcard that my mom mailed to her from a long, long time ago. I'll read that one. But one of my favorites is the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Oh, man, where'd that postcard go? She took it down. Dang it. Um, oh, okay, another favorite quote is, lack of preparation on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. <laughs> So that, that's like the, at the bottom of the invoices. Um, it should be. I don't really quote. I'm sorry. That's lame. That's not really a quote, but it's still it's a fun. mantra. It's a mantra that goes around in my head a lot. I feel like if you print that on a poster, it becomes a quote. <laughs> I'm not going to print that ever. <laughs> Elvis or the Beatles? The Beatles. Describe yourself in five words. Kind. Potty mouth, folksy, artistic. <laughs> so cheesy. Um, and serious. Describe yourself in one word. Ta-da! <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's that's it. Is there? That's um, it. Safe yeah. Enough? Yeah. Is there? Okay. Is there anything, any shout-out that you want to to say? Oh, um, things are good. I mean, shout-out to um, my partner, Kim, for putting up with having a letterpress studio in her, in her studio. And, uh, you know, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lily. I'll let you get back to working. <laughs> <laughs> working. I like how... We can't even say that with a straight face, can we? No, it's it, when you love what you do and you do it as a hobby, and it's just every, for me, it's everything. So I can imagine, you know, when it's well, you have to. You know what I mean? Like, well, when it's your living room <laughs> and your dining room and your hangout room, yeah, it's pretty much uh, everything. The interview you just heard is bookended by the track Blue Jay from the album Feathers by Blue Dot Sessions, which I borrowed from freemusicarchive.org and used under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial License. Thanks for listening to The Dallas Type. I'm Frances Oliana. And as one of the best governors of Texas that I've ever seen, Ann Richards, once said, the here and now is all we have, and if we play it right, it's all we'll need.